Well, I'm April. And I'm Caroline. And this is your bloody happy hour. Caroline, are you ready for this? This is your newest guilty pleasure. It's the bloodiest part of your week. Did we say something about it also being happy hour? Showed in. Because we're about to be sipping on some murder. Bloody happy hour. The time and temperature is coming up after this. <laughs> Are you prepared for emergencies oh, in your home? A simple oh, alert device from Life Alert means you Life can alert. live alone <laughs> without ever being alone. You've seen the TV commercial, oh, I've Fallen and I Can't Get Up? That's Life Alert. And they're standing what by now do? with information. Hold on, to hear the time and temperature, no, just stay the on the line. Or for free details on the Life Alert emergency alert system, press 1 now. No. What was that, 756? Today is Thursday, December 30th. The current time, 2.39 p.m. Who the fuck calls a number to see what time it is? We did. when just hung up. Yeah, that's all they do. Uh, When you call, it would say, today is date, temperature, and time. And I would call it multiple times a day. Or if I was going somewhere, let's see what temperature it's going to be. Or what temperature it is outside. Like, I'll use this number call, all the time. Uh, call 776 That's Grandma Jolly. 254? 254. What would you say? 776 or 756? 776-5555. That's what you just called. No, we no. called 756. Five, six. What's, who's Grandma Jolly? That one? The one we just called? Seven, no. What did we just call then? Seven, seven, the time and temperature. Why did we not call Grandma Jolly when I thought we were calling Grandma Jolly? Come on, Grandma. Come on, Grandma. Come on, Grandma. Direct appliance. <gasps> Hello? Hello? Direct appliance, can I help you? Oh, we thought this was Grandma Jolly's phone number. No, it hadn't been Grandma Jolly in like well over 20 years. Oh, I wanted a story. <laughs> I, I, I hate to make you feel elderly, but yeah, that was a long time ago. <laughs> I've <laughs> never heard of actually, Grandma Jolly. You're actually a bloody, are we recording? Yeah. You're actually on Bloody Happy Hour podcast right now, and we were talking about it. Do you have a story to tell us? I do not. I'm sorry. What's, what business is this? Direct appliance repair. Direct appliance. Hey, here right now you have you get to shout out your business. What do you do, and why should my listeners call you? We do appliance repair, most kitchen appliances, you know. Washer dryers, all that kind of Okay, okay. Well, if there was a type of appliance we should not buy, what's the brand right now? <laughs> Stay away from an LG. I knew oh, it! I knew it! I knew it! Why you don't like LG? Uh, they're shitty. They last like three years. Oh, hey. Look, look, at, look at the lawsuits against them. Look at the <gasps> lawsuits against Wait, them. Wait, who? I do not know who's Grandma Jolly. What? Are you from Waco, sir? What's your yeah, name? That number, that number actually is a diff was a different when I was this number before in the in the early nineties, late eighties. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this number has been either the Maytag store or our current repair business since it, the early nineties. Okay. But it, it was it was the little elderly lady that would literally read, yeah. you know, children's stories. I want to record. I wonder if she's a pedophile. She probably definitely is a pedophile. <laughs> it, 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 was a long, it was a long time Waco thing. Somebody would re, 
record these stories and you could call into that number. And I think you should We start used to doing do it that. every night before we went to bed. My mom used to let us call Grandma Jolly. Okay, so we're doing Waco Town Murders this month, and so we were just talking about it. If you think of a Waco Town murder, what's the murder that comes on the top of your head? Obviously, it's the triple murder. <gasps> yeah, at the lake? The lake, yeah. Yes, that is what we're covering today. Right now, what do you think? Who who's the killer? Yeah, the, the ones that got found with it, they did. They yeah, did it. A bunch of drama over it, but they did it. They did it. Thank you so much for that because we're about to do part two, and we got a lot of people that. There's there, there. You want to really go on a deep dive? Um, oh my goodness, there is a blog run by our old VA's wife, Bernadette. Bernadette, yeah. Uh-huh. Bernadette. You want to read some interesting out there stuff about those? Run down that blog. Yeah, yeah. On Facebook. Yeah. Well, she she's actually got a blog that that she writes. And it, it, she, it, there's some interesting conspiracy theories. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Tell me your name. My name is Kevin Henniger. Kevin, what? Henniger. H e n a g e r. All right. Y'all call hey, direct hey, service. He, we accidentally <laughs> called him, but hey, you're going to be a part of Bloody Happy Hour podcast, so you should hear your voice here soon. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you. All righty. Bye. What did- oh, that was oh, fantastic. That was awesome. <laughs> That's got to be in there. Yeah, we'll keep it in. We'll keep it in. I, she was going to ask a question. I hung up. I know. Sorry. That was amazing. (laughs) He knew all about it. That was so random and not planned. That was so random. (laughs) And I've still never heard of Grandma Jolly, but he knew all about Grandma Jolly. Grandma Jolly. Oh, okay. Oh, my gosh. Today's episode sponsor is brought to you by Grandma Jolly. And automotive or... Direct service. Direct service repair. Repair. <laughs> love it, love it, love it. Hey, we accidentally did that, but we hope you enjoyed it. We were just reminiscing about some things we did as in Waco growing up. And, of course, Caroline did none of them. She didn't call 756-5555 to get the time or the weather. Nope. She never called Grandma Jolly to hear a story before theory? she went to bed that she was a pedophile. I'm I was wait. What was your theory about that? You were kidnapped when you were young. Yeah, <laughs> and so maybe you didn't get these <laughs> privileges until you were totally brainwashed that your new family was actually your family. Maybe that's why you were still in the basement when we were calling Grandma Jolly. Oh my gosh! But I remember my whole childhood, and I was not in a basement. Oh, okay. That's what they. That's what they told so me to, to believe. <laughs> <laughs> it was all a dream. Oh my gosh. Hey, y'all, this is part two. Oh, here we are. I can't wait. I don't her, know anything about her it. Her mouth is watering. It is. Let me write off. We actually just finished part one last week for y'all, but like 30 minutes ago for us. So Caroline's ready to hear the second part. We've got new drinks right now. I am now drinking some Chardonnay and a Corona Refresca <laughs> coconut lime. And, and I'm still 
and I'm still <laughs> sipping on my Ciroc and cranberry. Listen. I, I just I want to keep the cranberry going because I feel like I need some good kidney work. Kidney help. health. Well, first of all, I don't know why Mike thought I lived in an apartment whenever you have this janky situation going on up here. But just because I pulled pizza out of a Ziploc bag, that doesn't mean I live in an apartment. I have my own house and it was not bought by Dirty Chad in his fake VA loan that he had that he said that he bought my house with. I just yeah, want to let everybody know that. We found out about another lie Dirty Chad is told. To man, make Dirty Chad good. just be coming up with things. Way to man, go. Man, oh man. So I hope you guys out there are ready for part two. I'm really not even sure that I'm ready for it. What part one, I knew all that, right? I had to do a refresher. Hello, Tito. I had to do a refresher. But I knew it because I've read that book. Like could be at Leah. Oh, yeah. I've read that book so many times that I knew it. But this new part... What do you mean new part? Well, it's new, but not new. Like all of this wasn't in the book. This kind of came out with a Texas monthly article later on. Or maybe oh. it was in the book. So it, I can't, I can't remember. I can't oh. remember. Well, by the way. Are you peeing? <laughs> that was supposed to be a sound effect of the poor. Love it. You're welcome. Love it. All right. I'm all lined up and I got it all going. Are you ready? Got your chapstick, got your lip gloss, you got your 18 drinks. <laughs> Good to go. I'm go on silent. All right. Don't go on silent. No, I'm I'm going on my listening silence. Oh, okay. So, okay, part two. Grandma Jolly said, no <laughs> So oh, fart fart two. <laughs> <laughs> I just told you guys that shit was about to hit the fan. And it does. Caroline Wolf. About five months after the trial and convictions, right? Everybody's rejoicing because now we have answers about the murders. There's a police officer named Jan Price, and um, she works for the Waco PD, and she's married to a guy named J.R. Price. He's a crime scene investigator. They're both on call. But they both get this call about a questionable death at a house on North 15th Street. Let me tell you, North 15th Street is right across the street from the Methodist Children's Home. Mm-hmm. Okay? Um, and so they both go in separate cars. And Price, Jan, gets there and she meets up with Detective Ramon Salinas. We recognize that name from part one. He was part of the task, Lake Waco Murder Task Force, right? They're at this house, little white house, and they find a footprint on the front door that has been kicked in. And throughout the house, they see these smudged, like, fingerprints, mm-hmm. bloody fingerprints mm. around the house. And they go to the back bedroom, and they see a 54-year-old woman lying face down. She had been raped, sodomized, beaten, and suffocated. Her name was Juanita White. She was David Wayne Spence's mama. (gasps) What? Curveball. Can you imagine Waco, Texas, when this news comes out? And, of course, it comes out quick. And so... The investigators 
learn that why Juanita worked at Uncle Dan's Barbecue, your favorite <gasps> barbecue place. Ding, ding. <laughs> when you drive up. She got off of work about 930 and was supposed to go home, but she didn't show up for church the next morning and obviously she was adamant churchgoer so her sunday school teacher showed up at her house to check on her and the door was kicked in and she found her whites uh, like you could tell she struggled with her attacker her nose was broken her ear was torn like halfway torn off and her body was battered she had marks on her skin that looked like she had been bitten and the contents of white's purse were strewn like like thrown across the floor and her car was missing and like wtf okay so they found the vehicle a couple hours later at like a, a random apartment complex. It was like 15 blocks away from North 15th street. So you're kind of really going up pretty far. Um, but they had found out that Juanita had been conducting her own investigation into the Lake Waco murders, her and David's son, Stephen Spence. She was asking questions around town and at the local bars because if you really think about it most crimes are solved by town talk like the rumors around town there's some truth in all and a lot of those rumors and if you just really listen to the town talk and the rumors you can solve the crime right a lot of times there's not any evidence about it but um so her and steven spence were looking into the murders well, David had called her and said, um, I'm going to send you, mail you a letter from Kevin. If you remember Kevin from episode one, part one, he was one of the first jailhouse inmates that spoke and told Truman that there was a brawl, that David was like confessing yeah, yeah, to yeah. the crimes and t- talked about the brawl wrapped around Raylene's leg, right? Well, now he's sending a letter from Kevin, and Kevin is saying, confessing that he was lying about what David told him, and that actually Truman Simon showed him pictures and told him what to say. Juanita got this letter. She was waiting for it every day, every day, every day, and she took it to the office of Russ Hunt. And there was more, like, little evidence that they had collected as they were doing their investigation, and she was presenting it all to him. So she called, she took it to Russ, and Russ was like, okay, bring me everything you have, we'll meet next week, right? She was killed. (gasps) They never got to meet next week. Two days after they talked. And so now this is all over the news, right? What? I never, no, no idea about this. Yeah. Well, I mean, you might not have been born i was oh i wasn't 83 it was like 83 you were like zero i was yeah not even thought of so this comes up and truman and vic or something like what i was two okay (laughs) yeah i was i'm literally you're literally like four years old (laughs) so truman 
Truman and Vic hear of this. And usually the DA's office don't take over the case until like kind of gets a little further. They immediately come and they're like, this is attached to the Lake Waco murders case. We should have Truman a part of this. So he's, and then he always takes over his cases. Like he was a well respected. He was a good investigator. And if he found a case that he liked, he would like take it from whoever was doing it. Like he just had that. He was like Debo all Friday. He was like, this is mine. That's not yours. Yeah. You didn't, you didn't watch. You didn't Listen, watch I had to watch it whenever <laughs> we had our slumber party with all the train, with mm-hmm. everybody. And we watched it. He was like, this is my necklace. My bike. But punk. I don't remember. Okay. okay. So some of Truman's informants told him that there was a black guy by the name of Calvin Washington that was seen exiting Juanita White's abandoned car that was found in these apartments. So they look up Calvin Washington and they find him and they go to his the apartment where he's at. I think it's his sister's house. And they arrest him because he's been seen with a stolen car, right? Mm -hmm. And they search the apartment. And in that apartment, Truman finds some shoes with the little blood stains and a sweatshirt with some blood on it. Mm -hmm. So he's thinking, did he kill Juanita and then steal her car? And that's, is this Juanita's blood on there? Um, Later on, after Juanita's body's taken in, they discover that there's bite marks and they've been down this road before. Yeah. So they get an odontologist and they get Calvin's teeth molds. And the odontologist informs them that the teeth marks match Calvin Washington's teeth. Teeth marks in Juanita White's body uh-huh. matches the molds. That they took on Calvin Washington. Okay. So they're like, okay, Calvin's good for this. But now some of Truman's other informants. Now, he has many informants. He has jailhouse informants. He has people on the streets. He's known for talking to criminals more than he talks to non-criminals. Because this is how he gets his information, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. They told him that Washington actually had a partner. And the partner's name is Joe Sidney Williams. So him and Price, Jan Price, the first officer that was called in, they're working on this case together. And and Price was like, well, we should get molds of his teeth, too. Don't just do Washington if he's an accomplice. Like, how do we know those aren't his bite marks? Or how do we know he didn't bite, too? Or, you know, or to rule him out. But they hire another odontologist to do his. So there's two different dentist people, teeth people. And this new one says, oh, they are a perfect match for the teeth marks marks on the body. These are William's teeth. So now it's like, to me, it's like a discrepancy. Discrepancy. Are they Washington's? Or are they William's? I don't know. But Truman was like, let's just arrest them both. (laughs) (laughs) Like he's like, who gives shit? They were both there. Probably need a third opinion. (laughs) Maybe that would even it out. Can they go redo the other teeth marks now? Who's other? David's? Yeah. I mean. Or Washington's? Dave's the the one on the David Wayne Spence's. uh, Whose body were they on? Jill and Raylene's? Yes. Yeah. I mean, 
we're not thinking there yet, but Jan is about to start thinking that way. So what are the odds of both of these people getting bitten or having two? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's... Oh, yeah. You have two different people saying, like, two different supposed professionals saying two different things. So by the spring, um, Jan was like, I'm kind of doubting Truman's method. Now, let me tell you, Jan... She's only been on the police force for two years. And usually when you first start a career, like you are following every rule. Mm -hmm. You're like crossing your T's, dotting your I's, like what you just learned and like you're following it. But as you become a veteran, you kind of go off on your own path and you do your own. And I think of like Detective Stabler off SVU, like he didn't follow it, but he was a good investigator. So this Jan Price girl, she was like, I don't know about Truman. Like, he's not following, he's like not following the rules. He's not doing it by the book. And so then she begins to check the courthouse records. And she sees that some of the jailhouse in, inmates that testif- that one had either gave information about Washington and Williams or testified in Spence's trial, their cases were being dismissed by the DA's office, which was Vic Fazell's office. Being dismissed? I am reading straight, not straight from, but this is information is coming from the Texas yeah. Monthly article. Mm-hmm. So then she's like, okay, so how do we know that they're just not saying what they want to say to get their cases dismissed? Like, I would, if I was in trouble, I'm going to say what you want me to say to yeah. get cases dismissed, my case dismissed. So she brings her concerns back to Waco PD. Waco PD expresses it to the DA's office. So then there's this big rift between DA's office and Waco PD. Oh. And they're not working together very collaboratively. And they're actually like, it's there's a lot of tension. So WFAA, we see it like when we watch the news all the time. It's mm-hmm. a Dallas like television station. They get word of this and they run like this long eight part series throwing basically the DA's office and Vic Fazell under the bus. And they're accusing him of um, like taking money to expunge cases. So like get a DWI, pay him cash. He'll erase the DWI or drug charges or whatever. <clears throat> and so Vic is like, hell no, I don't do these things. Like, they are lying on me. I'm going to file a lawsuit. And he does. And he is suing WFAAA and some other individuals that actually, like, accused him of things. Uh-huh. I'm trying to say this the best that I've read it, but we're going to bring them in so that they can actually tell like to clarify it if right. I said anything wrong. So please don't like quote unquote me. So after he files a lawsuit, he gets arrested and he's arrested on bribery and racketeering charges. What? Yeah. I don't know. What's the definition of racketeering? I should have looked that up. Oh, I'll look. Basically like stealing, I think. So they are painting a picture that the he is like a crooked DA. a business through illegal activity? Okay. 
So there's the definition. They're arresting him and then on bribery. And so they're painting him as like an, a, a very like crooked politician. And so he gets arrested and he sits in jail. I don't know how long he sits in jail. But the charges later get dismissed and he wins his lawsuit. And he is awarded the highest paid out lawsuit at that time, $58 million. What? Because he basically proved that they were after him in retaliation for making the Texas Rangers and yeah. government, like people look bad. Uh-huh. Well, basically looking like dumbasses behind the whole Henry Lee Lucas nonsense. Mm. So. There comes the Henry Lee Lucas again. Like he exposes Henry for what he is, makes everybody look bad. And so they're pissed at him. And so they come at him and plant and or plant or make up these things that he did not do. And so I guess they thought he was just going to let it. But he was looking at life in prison. He was looking at some good time. Vic. Vic was. And so I guess they maybe they thought they when he wasn't gonna fight back and he did and he won. <clears throat> if he comes on, he'll tell you exactly how much of that money he saw and it wasn't a lot of it. Like that fifty eight million ends up being tied up in all these like court fees and like costs and all this stuff. He doesn't mm. see all that. Cause I was about to say, Hello Vic. Hey, how you doing? Mm. So <clears throat> We still have Williams and Washington, right? Those are the ones that are supposedly killed David Wade Spence's mom. They had to go to trial, but Officer Price, the girl, Jan Price, she doesn't think that it should go to trial, and she doesn't even think that they actually committed the killings. So she ends up not testifying, like, on against them. I don't know if she testifies on their behalf or she speaks on their behalf, but she testifies against the jailhouse informants. And she says that Truman is actually giving these jailhouse informants extra special treatment to say what he wants them to say. So they're getting cigarettes, they're getting food, and they're getting conjugal visits Mm. with their wives or side pieces or whoever truman who's not here right now to convict to um but back then he denied it all and he says i would never i never allowed conjugal visits and that he doesn't even have the authority to dismiss to uh, ask to even say i'm gonna dismiss your case like that comes from the da's office right oh so he's just like i'm doing my job i do it my way and i'm sorry you don't like my way but you're giving me way more power than i have yeah i can't do all these things so her like jan price was basically his arch nemesis because she was trying to expose him for what she thought. And so some people were like, she's just a woman trying to climb oh, the ladder yeah, yeah, and yeah, stepping yeah, on yeah, people to yeah, get yeah, up there. Yeah, and, you yeah. know, this mm-hmm. is when a women didn't have a lot mm-hmm. of, like, there weren't a lot of women police officers, so they made it hard for her. Not much of a voice. Yes. So she started doubting the Williams and Washington case so much and how he came about to bring them to trial and get them 
try to get them convicted that she was like, I wonder what he did for the Spence case and the Lake Waco murders case. So that's, she was kind of digging into that. And she had noticed that there were appeals. There were, everybody was getting an appeal. David Wayne Spence had an appeal going. Munir Deeb had an appeal going. And so did the Melinda's brothers. So she was hoping that they would get the appeal and that maybe they'd get a retrial or something and maybe their verdicts would get overturned. Well, Munir Deeb got his appeal and they went back to trial. He's granted a new trial and it was determined that the jailhouse informants that testified against him, that should have been categorized as hearsay and should not have been used to convict him. So that's all the evidence. They had nothing else against Munir Deeb, Lucky, Lucky, the store owner. They had Tony Melendez that testified. He was in jail. And they had all these other, you know, jailhouse informants that said, you know, he wanted Gail Kelly to die and he hated Kenneth Franks. He got out. And he was free. And he got, got to out. go. Yeah, got out. And he got to go to Saudi Arabia, like with his family. And but he ends up dying later in 1999 of cancer. But so, he didn't say. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, but he didn't have to do after he did what? Not not a lot of time for the murders. He got out. Like he didn't have to do much time at all. Well, I always am like, did they? If there's nothing to confess, I mean, you don't like. You know, before you die, you'd like say, well, by the way, yeah, you know, I did this or I just. And just, if he did, they wouldn't have called Waco, Texas yeah. and said, you know, Muneer did do it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like we, we would never know. They know now. And now a word from our sponsors. So Spence also had an appeal. But um, it was denied. Hunt, Russ Hunt and Fuller, they tried it. It was denied. But 40, so he was set for execution. And it was 45 days before he was going to get executed. And there was this new, like, foundation that was started. It was called the Texas Resource Center. And it was a nonprofit organization. And they hired all these, like, brand-new kick-ass lawyers and their job is to look into cases that maybe they didn't think the people were innocent, but that they received an unfair trial. And their job was to write all these, not grants, but like write all these letters to try to fight for this person on death row to get a new and fair trial. Mm -hmm. That's their job. They didn't give a shit if the person was guilty or innocent. They just focused on was it a fair trial. So David's case got approved as a part of this TRC is what I'll call it now foundation. Mm -hmm. So now he had these new young kick-ass lawyers and they were reading through all the court manuscripts from when they were all at court, all the testimonies, and then looking through the investigation and all the photos and everything and they had found out that there was a lot of information left out of the trial. It, and this reminds me of, like, the Scott Peterson case, and that's what's happening right now. It's like they're looking over the original Scott Peterson case, and they're finding out there was a lot of information Like, what was left, left out? out? Let me, I don't know. We're going to have to see. I'm going to add that to my questions. <laughs> I've already got a couple questions. 
for I know, but they ain't gonna know the Scott Peters. Oh, you talking? Oh, I'm about to tell you what was left out on the oh, David yeah. Wayne Spence. Yeah, 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 yeah. They found out that there were other suspects' names that were left out in the trial. See, trial. I want to know like, like what? How do you even like? Who were these suspects? I mean, but uh, Tab I, Harper. But is one I guy. could ask. Yeah, him you could. on our Q and A. Yeah, if he remembers, he did tell me he was like, "Hey, um, I need you to just remember this was." <laughs> 30 years, 40 years ago? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Is a long 50? time ago. No, you're not 50 yet. It's 40, 40 yeah. years ago. Yeah, 40 years ago. Mm. Um, another, so there was some more information that said that Kenneth Franks was, bought a lot of weed, but I think he might have did some, I, there was a drug debt, and he owed some local drug dealers like $3,000, and that one of those drug dealers came to collect and they happened to come to collect when he was in the presence of Jill and Raylene. And so that could have been a motive for murder because he owed somebody three, a uh, drug dealer, $3,000. So there's a tab Harper. I can't remember his story. The drug deal could have gone wrong. Like he owed a drug deal, drug dealer money. And there was evidence that Kenneth Frank's dad, Richard Frank's, failed a polygraph test on his whereabouts the night of the murder. Oh, we bring him back the dad? The daddy. Although I do have to say, a lie detector test, polygraph test, don't ever take one. And that's why they can't really use They can use that to like... They, they can, can use, use that it to field their investigation, yeah, yeah. but you, you can't use you it. Can't use it. Yeah. yeah. And then that polygraph test was like 10 days after the death. So think about like the emotions he was going and having. Like it wouldn't even be a good polygraph test, I don't yeah, think. I don't, yeah. <clears throat> 16 hours. But you say he didn't have any, he didn't, had no alibi. Yeah, but from what I knew... Or what I thought and what I read, he lived alone. So who would be his alibi alibi besides his son? And he said he was driving, you know, and like watching the boats. But if nobody was with him, who could be his alibi? I don't know. That means I could be framed for murder. Yeah, you would. You could. But they could look at our Marco Polos. They could. And they can look at all the ring doorbell action. Yes. Yes. They better not look at my Marco Polo's. I'm going to hide my IP address. <laughs> okay. So. Start using the dark web. David's execution date was here. And it, he was going to be executed in 16 hours. So these new lawyers that got his case, they had to write all this up. And it's called a habeas writ. And I wish I paid more attention in history or government or whatever class that would have been in. But they basically explained the misconduct and they asked for a stay of execution. So they explained like all these questionable things that were left out and that it was in a fair trial and they asked for a stay and they got it. So they moved the execution up to December 19th. So now they're like, okay. Now we have time. We need to present new evidence that maybe would get him off death row or get him. They're talking about David. They're trying to say David's lies. Yeah. Get him like not eliminate. What's it called when you are innocent? Deem him innocent. So 
<clears throat> they went to all these jailhouse informants and they told them these are again jailhouse informants and it's still all again hearsay that Simons sh- showed them actual photos of the crime scene crime scene so that they knew what to say they also found out that that odontologist that testified at David Wayne Spence's trial that he made a big mistake right after the trial and here's the mistake and that this mistake called him and what like what he does and his professionalism into question so what he did is there was a woman found dead on the side of the road right and they wanted to identify her by teeth And there was also this missing teenager that had gone missing like years before. He said without a reasonable doubt that the missing teenager's teeth were the same as the woman in the ditch. So he did his forensic odontology and he matched up the teeth. and They had the same teeth. Obviously. (laughs) And so he said... This is the missing teenager. She is now a woman and she's dead. So they like said this teenage this oh. missing teen was dead. And then guess who showed up two years later? The oh. missing teenager. Oh. <laughs> she was alive and well. And so they were like, oh, hell. He said with medically and dentally, without a reasonable doubt, these are, this is who I say it is. So that big mistake made them question all of his other forensic odontology. Ontologists? On his, Odontolo- you know, all odont- his other teeth recognizations. <laughs> oh, my gosh. His, his career is over. He's fired. So now the lawyers are like, oh, okay, this is new good information. Let's write this up. And... They got another stay for that December 19th execution. So they've moved David's execution date back like twice now, right? So there it's like fighting. We're we're fighting for David's life. And they began to like start to like David. They were they said that he wrote them like thank you letters and thank you cards and he would send them gifts. He also sent off anybody that was on his side, he showed them great gratitude. So like Officer Price would send her stuff. Russ Hunt, his lawyers, like Reeves, and what then his TRC. send somebody something in Just your letters. Prison. Thank you oh, letters. Oh, oh, or oh. he had people from the outside like send him something. Like this is on behalf of like David. But they would also interview somebody in his life like when he was out like so they interviewed one of his exes and his ex was like he raped me constantly he beat me all the time and he had multiple personalities when he was drunk and on drugs (gasps) and he would wake up in the next morning and not remember a thing so they were here's this person that they were talking to and even Truman said this like I was talking to this pretty decent guy named David but when I talk to people there's a whole nother guy like this David guy doesn't seem like he'd make force somebody to give a blowjob to his friend you know but 
that's who he was when he was on drugs and when he was drinking. So there's that whole like split personality oh, type thing that they were saying. Wow. And then they were like, is this genuine David or is this jailhouse talk? And is this desperation? Like they didn't know, but they also thought we don't care if he's innocent or guilty. We want him to have a fair trial so that we know if he's innocent or guilty. <gasps> don't convict him. Don't kill him on a unfair trial. That's what these lawyers are saying. They also believed that the jailhouse, that David talked too much and got himself in trouble so that he was in jail and he was trying to make himself look good. Like that sounds very familiar. Yeah. Like, so I let, you know, I, yeah, I killed these kids mm -hmm. out here to make himself seem. Yeah. And you see that on movies all the time. I saw, I saw that in my last relationship <laughs> actually. So they just thought that, and some people were using that against him to get him convicted, but it might've just been like, him trying to get jailhouse status. Mm. Oh, because then you know, then you get like more you just, respect, yeah, or you maybe they won't respect. mess with you because you're you get the drugs first, you get better. I mean, you got to think about it. Well, no, on that prison show I was watching, they were saying that the people with more respect they get better food, and and they do get first pick of stuff, and you probably get to use like a cell phone. Like some people use cell phones, yeah, and you you probably get like access to like. You know, whatever. go have your lesbian was, sex or whatever you're doing <laughs> in the back. I don't know. Well, and think of why he was in there, right? He was in there for, like, forcing a boy to give a blowjob to a boy. Yeah. So, so that's clearly, probably not going to help his jailhouse status. Well, it probably so might. So you probably, <laughs> or actually. Has, but that means you're going to be the girlfriend and not the boyfriend. <laughs> you're well, going to take it and not give it. He maybe he wants to. But he... um so that was another thing. They also found out that the Melendez brothers were promised parole if they testified. So they made a deal to not get the the lethal yeah. injection, but supposedly they were also promised parole if they took the next step and actually testified at these trials. Remember, Gilbert testified at You don't have to Munir's. take a deal before you get... And Tony testified at the uh, other. Do what? Like, you don't have to say you're going to take a deal and before you testify? I think you have to agree to the deal. And the deal was if you testify, because you either get life without the possibility of parole or life with. Did you catch it? <clears throat> and he supposedly, if he test, they testified, they could get life with the possibility of parole. Oh, okay. I got it. Got it? I got you. All right. And then these new kick-ass Austin TRC lawyers, they were like, Melendez brothers, why would y'all confess to murders that you didn't commit? What was the purpose? And why are you um, reneging now? Get the gnat. It's going towards the wine. Nats love wine. So this is what they said. They said either it was confess to something I didn't do and stay alive or go to trial and die like David did. So they felt like confessing would be saving their own life, according to these TRC lawyers. OK. 
But all this is coming out, right? So you can imagine the city of Waco and everybody reading this, they're like, oh, wait, is my mind changing? What? Did they do it? Did they not do it? Like, that's why you, it's literally like the Darley Routier murder. Like, case, some people guilty, some people think they're innocent. Police planted it or whatever. Yeah. Well, like, it was just, yeah. That they found two people that are good for the crime, and they made them go down for the crime. What were you going to say? How, what's the time frame uh, from when they were convicted to when they decided that they lied? You know, or. Right after. Oh. And then, and then some cases you, I mean, like some of the things that I read is like Gilbert Melendez said he was there and confessed, right? And then, like, weeks later, he said, but I wasn't there. I was Like, th- he retracted it. But they already had it, like, recorded. The confession yeah. recorded, so they went with. Right, yeah. I mean, which, that's what you would do. Yeah. Um. So. Oh. They said they were saving their life by confessing. So now these lawyers, they, like, Let's look at this odontology, forensic odontology. And so they were like, let's do our own little study. So they took this photo impressions, like the photos of the, of the bite marks that were used in this Spence case. And they sent those photos and Spence's molds to seven different odontologists. Boom, 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 right? And they were waiting, and they're waiting, and they're waiting for the um, their answers. Like if they could match, if it was a match, because they wanted to use that in their next like little appeal that they were going to do to get David another stay. Well, it didn't come back in time, so they had to send their appeal without this information. But this information said that five of the seven odontologist, I guess is what mm-hmm. they said that they could not match the molds to David te- David's teeth to the impressions, the pictures of the impressions. Five out of seven said they couldn't match it. And one of them said it actually <laughs> matched up with a housewife from Kansas. So maybe she's the killer. <laughs> she came. So basically the TRC's lawyers were like, this should like this is bogus. We should not be using this, and we can't use it now. Like we can't use, oh, we don't what? use that now in this forensic odontology in cases anymore. So, but this information came back after the deadline, so this wasn't used in their information, and so this next appeal was denied. And TRC, these lawyers that worked pro bono. Closed down. <laughs> oh, <laughs> they weren't making any money when you work free was for too co- long. Was it COVID back then? They had to close down. <laughs> it was COVID. Oh, it was COVID. Nineteen eighty COVID. COVID. <laughs> um. Wait. So they don't use teeth. They don't. Uh, yeah. You sh- We need to look it up. But right now, no, anymore? they don't use. But right now, we have so many other ways, like teeth marks. Because here's the thing: well. teeth shift. They shift. They change. Like so, one little thing can change, you know, and it would change your 
indention where before they said your teeth mark is like a thumbprint or fingerprint. Like everybody has their own, but it's not true. Like your teeth change, they shift, you get one pulled, like it changes. People get them shaved. People get veneers. Like it can totally change. You get braces and your bite mark shifts where you can do anything with your fingers. Can't they go to the dentist and get the latest... But no, I guess you don't get a mean, mold every time. You yeah, but it doesn't mean that they're, but it'll change their impression. Like we're looking at a yeah. bite mark impression. Yeah. If I bite myself and make an impression today and everybody, then five years now. bite yourself right now. <laughs> bite Ready? yourself and then bite yourself in five <sighs> years and see if it's the same. Those look like my teeth. I have my own teeth mold impressions on my shelf in my living room. <laughs> I'm going to send you a picture later. Oh, please don't. <laughs> Is that I, crazy? No, but I had to go to a dentist like 14 times in the past like three months or something because I had to. Yeah. I had to take my gold crown out and get it to be, you know, I had a couple gold crowns. I knew you were black. That's right. I had to get it to the match in my color of my teeth. But anyway, but they took impressions. But that Did was. Did you keep them? How come you didn't keep them? I've like come displayed on a shelf. Well, obviously, you've already said that one time, so we clearly know you have your teeth displayed. <laughs> Why would shelf. you keep them? Keep my old cap, my old no, crown your molds. It was. It was just I had to buy a piece of paper thing. Oh, I had to buy like some. I had to buy a piece clay of paper. Well, uh, it was just for one tooth. So the clay. I bit it, held it down, and then they went and made a tooth to fit that mold. Oh, just one. Yeah. They didn't do your whole thing. No. Okay. I mean, I've never had braces, so. Well, mine was just for some a teeth whitening kit that I was getting, so they're making me oh, a thing. Oh, I do for have one of those things. But so I they made have, me a mold I have that so shit that displayed. they can have a perfect. I'm going to send you a picture. <laughs> okay. I'm real proud of my teeth molds. <laughs> you listen. If so April I'm, ever bites anybody and they die, we will know. Go to my teeth molds and you'll we'll go be able to, to not rule me out because I don't think it's admissible anymore. Okay. That's unfortunate. The, all those people out of jobs, the odontologists. Now they just got clean teeth. Or, I don't know. Give you your caps. I guess. It'll be capping. So it's April 3rd and this is the execution date. And it's David's day basically like the judge denied it so execution's gonna happen and his family was there his ex-wife june and his sons i think by this time he had four sons oh gosh. i'm friends on facebook with one of them <gasps> oh, did you message him? jason jason wayne I'll spence is he married jason spence i think he likes is black he girls sing- well He's so girl you're telling me profile. i have a chance <laughs> Okay, um, and David, by this time, like, he had had hope, but he lost it, and so he was like, I'm just ready to go. I'm just going to go be with my mom. I'm going to go be with Juanita, and so he was strapped to the dirt, gurney. Kenneth Frank's family was there. Jill Montgomery's family was there, and Raylene Rice's family was there to watch. His last words were, I want you to understand I speak the truth when I say I did not kill your kids. He said, I bet them. Honestly, I have not killed anyone. 
I wish you can get the rage from your hearts and you could see the truth and get rid of the hatred, unquote. Then he turned to his own family and he said, I love you all. And with tears in his eye, he says, this is very important. I love y'all and I miss y'all. And he closed his eyes and say now, and he said, now I'm finished. And at 6.32 p.m. on April 3rd, he was pronounced dead and he's buried. Oh, are you okay? I forgot to put where he's buried. He was at the Huntsville prison, but I don't think he's buried there. I think they got him a plot here in Waco. Google real quick while I read the rest of this. David Wayne Spence burial site. Because I think I tried to find it one time. I think it's here. So, um. That's a weird thing to look up. I know. <laughs> I look at weird stuff like that. Rose, Rosemount? Oh, Count? here. Yeah, right here. Right off of Cemetery LaSalle. Cemetery, Rosemount. We're oh. going to go find it. Okay. <laughs> oh, that, I used to ride my bike through there with my mom. You're real weird. We used to run. We said when I would marathon train, we would no, run we through that cemetery. If that's off LaSalle. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've read my Oh, there are some creepy gravestones out there. <laughs> Man. So. Let's go there after this. I wanted to say that, like, basically all these people fighting for him, nobody ever came out or these lawyers didn't say he's innocent, he's innocent. They're innocent, right? They said, please let them have an opportunity for a fair trial with real witnesses, with real evidence, with real, you know what I mean? Like a fair trial like we would have. I think if this, this it would not have went to trial today. It went to trial in the 80s, right? Mm-hmm. But we would not have let a trial like this go go to trial today because there wasn't enough evidence. So... In 1998, Gilbert Melendez died of AIDS. Oh. But this was while another group of lawyers were trying to, like, get him out and prove his, either either trying to prove his innocence or they're trying to prove deceit in the case. So all these people, David, Gilbert, Tony, had open appeals that people were working on to, like, try to clear their name or try to get them a fair trial. Um, There's a guy named Dannon that he was um, like a journalist and he started investigating the case because he wanted to write a book and I couldn't find that his book came out anywhere. And he does not believe the whole murder for hire type thing. Um, He thought it was a drug deal gone bad. So this Dannon guy said, y'all need to look into the daddy some more. So it came out that, yeah, we know his parents got divorced, right? But when he got a divorce, he didn't tell everybody he was gay. (gasps) And then he had a live-in boyfriend named Kenneth King. What? And the dad that, had a boyfriend named Kenneth and a son named Kenneth. <laughs> Too much. Too much. But even that, like, why does being gay say that you should be? A, this? So Dan is basically saying, well, he was gay and he was hiding something. And I think that's probably why his polygraph test, because he might have been with boyfriend that night. 
and left that part out of well plus back i mean but, in the 80s and then it like was back you then. could not tell anybody you're gay yeah and and when i was reading in the book it didn't say that like he had an affair with men it just said he had affairs and i can't remember this was the texas monthly i can't remember if it came out but Dannon tried multiple times to meet with Richard Franks, and Richard Franks didn't do it, didn't do it, didn't do it. And finally they did, and they met at Luby's on Valley Mills. That's not there anymore. And he was still mourning his son, of course. It's still, it never goes away. And um, Dannon said that at times he would talk in a trance, almost like he was hypnotized. But I think that's very well can be medication. Like I know a lot of people that lost their kids and like you need like medication to like yeah. live your life. So that went nowhere. Like the whole dad thing, it it went nowhere. His grieving was genuine grieving. His looking for a son was genuine looking son. And now a word from our sponsors. So then Dannon met with Walter Skip Reeves, who's going to come on next week. And they both agreed that William and Washington, remember the ones who killed David Wayne Spence's mama, were convicted with faulty evidence. Okay? So now they're like, we can't save Gilbert, Tony, and David. Maybe we can save these guys. 18 people. There's just so many people in this (laughs) thing. So Washington was the black guy. Williams was his co like his supposed partner, and supposedly they both killed David Wayne Spence's mom to shut them, shut her up about opening up the case. The why case on David. What? So what created so much doubt is like if David and Gilbert and Melinda and Tony were the killers, why kill David Wayne Spence's mom? when he's she's trying to get the truth out and so people of waco were like only the killer the a real killer of the lake waco murders would want to stop the truth from coming out and that's why they killed juanita white it turns out washington and williams did not kill them now did not kill her did not kill her there's dna now and there was DNA left on the body. So now they're like, oh, we have DNA. Let's run Williams, let's run Washington's. And they're like, bet, here, you want my jizz? You want my spit? You want my blood? Like, I'll cut it. And <clears throat> neither of their DNA matched the DNA that was on Juanita White's body. Who's dead? One, so Williams got out. Washington later got out. But there's a guy that's name came up like just kind of randomly. And his name was Benny Carroll and Benny Carroll. I know, I know, I know it so much. He died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound. And so he was like buried, but the autopsis kept some of Benny Carroll's blood because there was a question that he could be linked either to the Lake Waco murders or to Juanita White's murder. So she was smart. She was like, well, let me just keep this over here in case we need it later on. So they ran his DNA and it was a match to the death of Juanita. How did it connect? How did it connect to them? Cause she, she was raped 
Yeah, I'm saying how did... Okay, so I'm just saying continue. Yeah. Like, I want to know how it connected to... We really don't know. Like, <gasps> we know that he killed Juanita Wright, or at least had sex with her that day, right? Mm -hmm. But why did he kill himself? Kill himself. Um, what's sad is there was no DNA on the Lake Waco murder kids. So there's no DNA to run to if match they raped Benny. them? There was nothing. So they raped him with a condom or they sodomized, sodomized. They shoved something up them. That's what that means? Or in the butt. I think it just means like something's just shoved in one of your hoes. I don't like, know. Look like Kenneth, Kenneth McDuff. Yeah. So July 5th, Calvin Washington was released from prison and Governor Rick Perry, <gasps> Williams had already been released because his DNA didn't match they did his first, so he was already released, and he got like a $30,000 check for his time behind bars, right? He was released in 93. On July 5th in 93, Calvin Washington was released from prison, and Governor Rick Perry gave him a full pardon, pardon based on his innocence, but he had served 15 years in jail for a crime he didn't commit. <sighs> They also did Kim Kardashian have anything to do with their no, release? Not this okay. one. Not Just this curious. one. <laughs> they also thought that Tony Melendez was innocent. And so Walter Reeves comes back again. You know, he's all about the Innocence Project. And he agreed to represent him pro bono. And so now Reeves, Dannon, and Bernadette Fazale are working together to try to get Tony Melendez off because they think that he, Bernadette Fazell's, Vic Fazell's ex-wife, is innocent and that he only confessed to avoid the death penalty. But they worked and they worked and they worked and it just never happened. <gasps> never happened. They, they tried and they tried and they tried. And he ends up dying in 20... 17 of I believe a cancer too I oh can't find it gosh. and other like just you can't be healthy in jail you know what I mean he had like a whole bunch of other like health issues um and he hoped that till his like dying day that he was going to get freed and get out but he never did and I remember seeing this on the news, like, not too long ago, that they wanted to run the DNA, and they wanted to get him out, but, like, it just couldn't happen. The wheels couldn't turn quick enough to get him out before he died. And the last thing that I saw is that Jill Montgomery's aunt, so that's the girl that was found, the initial murder, Lake Waco murder, aunt and Tony Melendez had multiple phone calls, and they wrote each other letters, and that Jill Montgomery thought that David, Tony, and Gilbert at the end were all innocent. And so did Jill's brother what? and the rest of Jill's family. And that's it. So that's literally where we're at. Like... There's nobody to exonerate. Nobody else has picked up the case. What, what is there to pick up? Everybody's 
Yeah, everybody's huh. dead. Jan Price kind of tried to do stuff, you know, and then they tried to go after like Vic, but after Vic like won that lawsuit, like people were like, yeah. we're not going to fuck with him. I want to know why is there not a Netflix show about this? I don't know either. I mean, there's one about what's his face. It would Yeah, Henry Lee Lucas. Henry Lee Lucas is ass and he's it's, he's just annoying to me. But anyways, I called my uncle because he was good friends with David Wayne Spence and I was like, <gasps> What? Can you tell me your top three? Like, if you if I say David Wayne Spence, what are your top three things that you remember? And um, he was like, you know, Wait, from th- what I knew, this is my uncle, and my dad's like brother, friends in like school. They were friends in school. Yeah, they don't like. They're not like. They weren't like besties. No, I, like this was junior high. They were friends in junior high. Yeah, and a lot still, happens after junior high. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. And so he, my uncle said, Uncle Billy, he said, David did not fit the mean guy description in his experience that everybody portrayed him to be, and especially like the trial portrayed him to be. And But this, they were in junior high. He would go spend the night at his house. And this, this house wasn't off 15th. It was off 18th. Mm-hmm. He admitted there was not much supervision, supervision, and at one point, David's mom was like a prostitute or something, and I think he had like his grandma like help take care of him a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and he also knew Tony Melendez, and he was like, the only thing about Tony is he just liked to smoke weed and just hang out. Like he never saw the horrible side that people are painting for them. Now, hmm. I'm only saying that because hmm. that backs up what a lot of the things were. There were, oh, he he's a, he's can be calm, he can be nice, but then when he, they got drunk and high is when a whole nother person came out. So yeah. I think a lot of this, this, all of this, a lot of this is contributed to alcohol and drug. Mm. Like overdoing it. Oh, and yeah. Binges. Yeah. And binges. Okay, y'all. This is the. Wait, but what did your aunt say? Did oh. Did you say that your your uncle and your aunt both yeah. knew him? And co- so school? my aunt's in my book club, and still right now, she says, like, my uncle was like, we need to look into the guy that went to California. So it was the uh, bishop guy um, that's already in jail for the same crime. Like, it was basically the same crime, but not on a lake. It was on a beach, right? Mm-hmm. And that he left here. Supposedly, he left. He did the crimes here at the Lake Waco, left here, went to California, and committed the same crime there, but got caught. So that's, like, their biggest person. Um, and my aunt is just like... You can't convince me that he is this horrible person when I've known him for however many years of my life and I never saw it. And so that's what it is. My dad, last night we were sitting at my table. My daddy's like, I don't think he did it. He didn't do it. Now the Melendez brothers, and I was like, oh, you're going to blame the Mexicans. (laughs) (laughs) And my mama was like, my mama, who is the Mexican, she was like, 
I don't know, I think it was him. And he just um, ruined the Melendez brother's life. And then I have to say, my best friend April's boyfriend is cousins with the Melendez brothers. And their whole family still to this day maintains that they were innocent on this. Now, they did a lot of things in life, but for the Lake Waco murders that they were not involved, they were trying to save their own life. And one detail I forgot. People think that the evidence is in the Melendez brothers' truck. What? Okay, the Lake Waco murders. Yeah. So remember, Gilbert Melendez said that they were driving in David Wayne Spence's station wagon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they picked him up at Caney Park, and then they dropped him off at... Well, the cops were like, he didn't even own the station wagon then. So as the other reports came up, it was they were actually driving the Melendez brothers' truck, either Gilbert's or Tony's, I don't remember which one. And the murders actually happened in there. But the truck was sold, and guess who bought it? Uh, my dad. Carlton Stowers, writer of the book, and Truman Simons. What? Bought it, kept it for the longest, because sometimes when things like sit forever, like in an impound forever, they'll just like tow it. So I, they kept it like in case... Maybe it came up well, it later that we needed evidence. evidence. In it? it was never checked for evidence, and then it was Let's taken go to check Lips- it. It's been junked at Lipschitz. What does that mean? It El- was smushed. It was sold for you when you junk stuff. You sell it for like the worth of the metal, and you get money for it. And then it's like smushed and like melted down and sold for other metal well, parts. Never be solved. We will we'll never. never Ever. No. no, but why would Truman and Carlton buy the truck? Why would they buy it and not keep it? Keep it. Mm. They kept it for a long time. Okay, and eventually, but why would they it. not keep it and then use it? They kept it so they could destroy it or whatever the evidence because was in there. it was a scam. It was all a scam. <laughs> Case solved. Case solved. Anyways, y'all, thank you for your attention and your participation. And this is what I want you guys to do is tell us your thoughts, whether you're in Waco or not in Waco. And I know Waco people have a opinion because my book club that we did on this was like hours long because it just kept going and kept going and kept going. So I want to know your opinions. We will read your opinions. Um, And then if you have any questions, we'll know if it's too late. We've already interviewed everybody, but you can send us some questions and we can follow up with our interview people with those questions. So look forward to those Q and A's. They're going to drop this coming Tuesday. That's happening after this episode. And is there anything else? Stay, stay tuned next Um, week for how you can do that. Email us bloody happy hour at gmail.com. You can Instagram, you can send us a Facebook Whatever message you can tweet tweet me. Yeah, yeah. On the twit Twitter 
on the Twitter. <laughs> What's the Twitter? The, what did Obama's call it? The Twitters. Oh gosh. Put it on the Twitters. Oh. Um, so you can do any of those things. And then we got another great two-parter starting for you guys next week. Caroline is going to tell you all about the douchebag himself. Oh, my gosh. Matt the murdering minister. Baker, the murdering minister. In the Bible belts. Love it. Love it. Love mm. it. It's juicy. It's very juicy. Um, never forget to... Um, how about you stay aware? Never forget to stay aware. <laughs> Always forget to know. It's stay alive. Stay aware. Okay, go again. Uh, please don't forget to stay aware. Stay alive. And always be DTF. That is down to fine. Down the to murderer. Truman was down to fine. D- just Officer be like Jane Price Truman. was down to fine. Be like Price. Big Fazel was DTF. Like Be like us and them and you know what? Find murderers. <laughs> Turn them in. See y'all and next week. Don't be a murderer. Don't be a murderer. See y'all next week. Peace out. Bye y'all. Bye. <laughs>